Hail, cheers. Welcome to the Always Feeding Podcast. My name is Josh. Brandon is on vacation. We have a special fill-in guest, Eric Sibbles. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Josh. How are you? <laughs> I am doing well. Thank you. How are you? Are you good? I'm good. I, I felt like I nailed like the pregnant pause there, right? I think you you completely nailed it. Uh, Eric is uh, a long time, you know, I, I was going to say a long time friend of the pod, a long time friend of myself. I've known you uh, for a probably about 20 years now. And, uh, you are having, uh, and you, you know, I've been playing in the same FPL league for, uh, seven or eight years now, I think at this point. And, uh, you're having easily, I would say your best season ever, right? You are uh, currently 704 in the world. So we have a, a top thousand player on this week's pod. So, uh, once again, Eric, uh, welcome and, and thanks for coming on. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fun. Like, honestly, like you're the guy that got me into playing this game and you know, I grew up with your brother. If, if anyone's wondering why <laughs> I'm the, the, the friend of the pod, but here we are where I'm doing well and I don't have a good reason for it, but we're going to try to figure it out today. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's do it. It feels like everything has sort of clicked for you so far. What, what chips have you used so far in the season? So I haven't used my free hit yet. So that's strategic, right? Okay. So I just right. dropped my wild card before the the last game week, right? Mm-hmm. So blank yep. week. And I set yep. it up and I brought in guys. I brought in enough players to play f- for last week and then enough mm-hmm. guys to like take advantage of the double game week, right? That's right. what we're all right. trying to do. And, right. uh, you know, I'm trying to like all channel Brandon here too in the same place where it's like it's – it's very simple, right? Like just watch the games and, and, and pick the guys that you think they're going to get you the points. And I know that's, <laughs> go ahead. It's a, somehow it's, somehow it's not that simple though. You know, that this is, this is the tricky part. It's sort of, it's like, it's like Texas Hold'em, right? It's just get the best hand and, and win that way. But it's uh, I think there is, I, I think you're, you're underselling yourself a little bit. I feel like you've been very, very smart. Actually, I, I remember this is this is the the first year you joined our league, and I remember you went you went in early on uh, on the Suarez the SAS. Remember the famous SAS front line? The, of course, the, the Suarez uh, Aguero uh, Sturridge uh, front line, and you were just sort of like, I these are the three best players. I just have to have them on my team, and you sort of let structure be damned. And I remember that was that was. I think you you if you didn't win our mini league, you were at the top all season, and I think that um you know so I think there is it. It, sometimes it's like this stuff is all very clear in hindsight, right? But there, you have to be like really clear-eyed in the moment. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, back then, you know, like I had a little bit of an advantage because I've been watching Suarez play for a long time. I have a proclivity to Uruguayan players, so I watched them play <laughs> in in the Netherlands for a long time and in Uruguay. And but I, I know that I'm like reducing it to something that's a little simple, but like if you just the best way to play FPL, like I love the stats, guys. I mean, like I love the podcast that you had with, uh, God, I forget his name, but the stats-based guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was great. Like I love listening to that stuff because if you can commit yourself to like applying yourself to playing a certain way, then you can take advantage of that. But if you just watch the games and you like talk to people who are involved in the clubs and you can figure out how people line up, then you can take advantage of that. You can just kind of just yeah. like, hey, we, we realize that Luke Shaw is going to have like some attacking returns. And that's what we're trying yeah. to take advantage of, right? 
Yeah, I I, th- I think you're right, and I think uh, you know just when, we'll get into game week 29 from here. But I, I I just one final note there, which is that I I think that you uh, are honest when it comes to talking to people at clubs. I have gone back. I used to do a lot of club forum stuff where I would dive into club like forums for particular clubs and try to get an idea for lineups and uh, injury news, things like that. Uh, and then I I kind of gave it up at some point, and there's so much misinformation. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, I mean, we talk about this really in, in every, in every, every form on, on social media, but I, I feel like FPL misinformation has gotten a lot worse. And a lot of people say things that are just aren't, aren't necessarily true with extreme confidence. And, uh, I'm, I'm finding that like, I, I, it's, it's very, very helpful for me to jump into some of these team forums and get, and get some team news. Um, so I, I do think that's a, that's a good place to look. So anyway, let's, let's move on to, um, international break news. Uh, the biggest news, uh, I, I think, is that uh, as of two hours ago, Antonio Conte is out, which I guess we all kind of saw coming, right? It was sort of, it was in the cards, uh, but now it is it is officially official. Conte out. Man, like, it's crazy to see all these uh, moves in uh, international football and, like, Man, you see Nagelsmann has been sucked from Byron. Well, like that's yeah. out of like crazy and like the yeah, whole like Berlin. yeah. Yeah, it's wild to see these these changes that just are kind of like a little bit almost not necessarily out of nowhere, but it's just like why are we doing this mid-season when there's really <laughs> little to no impact of changing your manager, right? Like Spurs are what they are. Like Harry Kane is the talisman, and you know Rodrigo Bentancur being injured is a huge, is a huge like disruptor for what they're trying to do. And it sucks for Spurs fans. Like I'm not a Spurs fan, so whatever it is, what it is. But like it seems like a huge like knee jerk reaction, even though the what he was saying was super like inflammatory, right? Yeah. What do you think? Do you think? Do you see any impact on FPL? I mean, Kane is in an interesting spot right now, where he, he, he does not blank in thirty-two like like some other top players do, uh, but he has no doubles uh, down the stretch here. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't imagine it impacting too many other players. I mean, I guess the concern would be maybe that uh, that someone would come in and, and maybe abandon the three at the back, wing back style. But it feels really late in the season to do that, don't you think? No, absolutely. Like, I think a lot of the questions that we had about Spurs going into the season is like people were very excited about Perisic, right? They were like, oh, he's going to get tons of attacking returns under Conte and he's going to do it. And, you know, he's hasn't had too many minutes to play and he's started here and there and whatnot. But uh, yeah, but like Harry Kane is kind of like unaffected. Like he's just kind of one of those (laughs) fixture proof (laughs) players, right? He's going to get you a goal and that's about it. I don't know, yep. like I captained Harry Kane last week and we all thought he was going to explode, right? And he just kind of just come see, come saw, scored his one goal. And then <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like Harry yep. Uh, yep. and then uh, the soccer captainers all celebrated in our face, right? Yep, yep, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I, I don't see it changing too much. I think that's right. I think I would still be, I'm still out on Richarlison, still out on Son, uh, maybe Son is is like a, a late in the season 
I don't know, game week 38, they play away to Leeds, yeah, right? But I, I certainly certainly until late May, I don't plan to uh, consider anyone but Harry Kane. Maybe, maybe Kane in 31 if, if there was a, you know, if Holland ended up being genuinely injured because they play Bournemouth at home. But but I think otherwise, um, I, I don't I don't see it changing that much. And then what about the international break itself? I know you've been you've been tracking it fairly closely. What any any like thoughts on you know any of the fixtures that took place or you know, there's been some injury news obviously as well with Rashford and Holland. Oh, for sure. So like as we were talking about Sun, right? So Sun played uh, South Korea played Colombia and he scored two goals. Like I don't know if you saw that free kick goal he scored, but it was beautiful. No, like, I didn't see it. It's just kind of hard to like translate international success to what they're going to produce for us in FPL, right? Yeah. And uh, so I watched, uh, you know, as you said, I'm Uruguayan. So I watched Uruguay play <laughs> Japan and yep. I was like watching to to watch Uruguay, of course, but I was keeping a close eye on Matoma and he didn't touch the ball almost at all. It was kind of like confusing to me. And uh, Matoma is the guy that I'm thinking about bringing in as one of my free transfers this week. And yep. uh, obviously, like you said before, we're looking at injuries to Rashford. So Rashford was my bus team captain. Like he was the mm-hmm. guy. But now yep. who knows? Like, like, is he injured? He's walking around New York. Do we need to get you out on do some <laughs> boots on the ground? Uh, <laughs> yeah, reporting? I saw the photo. He looked like he was wearing a jacket that cost like conservatively like a million dollars. Like he looked like he was like, in a, it was like some kind of camel coat. He had like a big top hat on. It was, it was a very, it like he was going for it. I think he was about to take like a horse ride in Central Park or something like that. I don't really know what was, what was going on, but I, I think, I think the Rashford is fine. I think that Holland is fine. I, I was just checking the news uh, a couple of hours ago, and it sounds like there's very little concern now that Holland won't be ready for game week 29. I think the, the fact that Man City play Liverpool at home, I think, is also a factor there, even if it's a slightly weakened Liverpool squad this year. Maybe not slightly, but it, it, it's not. It's maybe not the same squad. They have, they've been up for these big matches, and I just can't see Pep resting Holland for a match like this, right? If they were playing Forrest at home, maybe maybe Holland gets rested. And I think I think the same with Rashford. I think Rashford's just like, well, I wasn't even starting for for England in the World Cup. So maybe I'll just like I and I've been I've been playing a ton of minutes for Man United over the last couple of weeks, right? With the Europa League and everything. So I think I think he just got a rest, honestly. And I think that's really why he didn't uh you know he didn't he didn't travel with England. Oh man, like the the fake injury international break <laughs> stuff is running wild yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. So like Rashford, like it's reported as a toe injury, right? So mm-hmm. well, of course that'll hurt for him. And it is what it is. And you got the same thing like Darwin would didn't go play with Uruguay because he had a lacerated ankle. Fake really? injury. Yeah, that's that's basically <laughs> what it was. You, you're, what you're supposed to say is back spasms. Back spasms <laughs> is like the hardest thing to prove. This is the, that's what the, they do in the NBA all the time. It's just like I think um, what's what's his name? The uh, who's the guy for Portland who's now out for the rest of like the last nine weeks of the season? Um, Damian Lillard. I, oh. I think he's just gonna have back spasms for nine consecutive weeks. <laughs> so I mean, get, get a better draft spot. Not to go hardcore NBA pod here because that's what we like. But man, yeah. Like Damian Lillard should just like I play in Portland. This is my injury report for the rest of my season. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Didn't you do some data crunching for the NBA? I feel like you were involved in that for a while. Yeah, I did. So I used to work for a company that was doing like uh, uh, 
video statistics, stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I was doing a lot of statistical stuff for the NBA and it was cool. And I love mm-hmm. like that's I love the NBA, but like the way that I treat football is with my heart, right? I watch it yeah. and it's just NBA is my head and the football is my heart. And I feel like yeah, but that's... If you, but if you have the analytics in your head already... See, I, I feel like you were, you were doing yourself a slight disservice earlier when you're like, I just, I just watch the TV and whoever, whoever is on the TV the most is the player I, I bring in. I, I, th- I think it's, you know, I, I don't know. I, I felt like I had to give you a little... A little uh, a little shout out there. Because oh, sure. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. like, like you said, <laughs> like I did spend a lot of time in like the statistics and analytics game and basketball is one of, is my favorite sport. I'll say it, but like football has my heart it, just because, you know, yeah. when you're South America and you watch it and it is what it is. And I think that's like the way that you watch it. So like, so what you're saying is like, when we watch these international games, right, we're trying to pull data from their, performance in their international game and it's just it's hard to really translate what we're trying to expect from them fpl wise when we watch these guys so yeah it's it's like when we watch like rashford has this toe injury is it a real injury when holland has this groin injury is it a real injury right like we're relying on reports from his dad right Right. (laughs) how much are we supposed to like really expect I'll, i'll go with what uh Here's a Brandon term. I'll fill in a little bit for him. And he says that there is, we're, we're fading people. The, the FPL mm-hmm. strategy this season is about fading because we only have yeah. a certain amount of budget and spots in our team. Right. I've had mixed results with the fading approach this year, uh, especially <laughs> the last couple of weeks. But yeah, I, I, think, that, I think that's right. So I, are you, so you, you currently have Holland or you don't have Holland? You're I have Holland at the moment. I dropped Holland on my wild card last week. Okay. Okay. Got it. And here we'll see how it works out for me, but right now, <laughs> yeah. so I would like to ask you, even though mm-hmm. we're competing in our mini, mini leagues. Sure. Go ahead. Who is your captain pick for this week? Let's just get right into it. Marcus Rashford. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I, I need to see him train. Um, and, and make sure that he plays. But I, even, even on my bus team, I still have, you know, so the, the team that I picked just in case I get hit by a bus later on this week, I have him, um, as my, as my captain at the moment. And then I have, I have Bruno as my vice. So I'm, I'm really, am leaning into the, uh, I'm not really sure why. Cause you look at, I mean, I mean, I know, I know why, uh, it's because they've, they've been, they've been, you know, just playing so well together, but I, I think it's just, um, I, the reason I said I'm not sure why for a moment there was just because Newcastle away and Brentford at home aren't exactly the easiest fixtures. And I, I, I think I could maybe talk myself into a Matoma captaincy. I mean, I have Salah as well. I just ultimately, I will very rarely take a kind of, like if I have a, like if there's an opportunity to captain a double game week player and they are one of like, like basically I'll almost always pick a, like a top four team when it comes to a double game week. And it's just, I, I just, I, they just tend to be teams that are going to have more, um, they're just going to score more, right? It's going to be a little easier for them to get goals. Maybe they're a little more likely to have a really explosive match. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I, so I, at the moment it's, it's Rashford and Bruno. I, I think Matomo, Matomo is a shout. Um, I don't know, something like solid doesn't quite make sense because they're away in both of those matches. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So I, I guess, I guess it really does come down to Rashford and Matoma for me. What about you? What are you thinking at the moment? So I am currently bus team Rashford captain. 
Okay. And right, it's so simpatico. For sure. But it's difficult too, because like, even if he plays only one game, right? Like, even if he skips the Newcastle away, that's the harder of the two matches, right? Like, yeah. are we really like that out of the question that Rashford is going to score more goals against Brentford at home, right? That seems like a yep. logical yep. pick. Um, yep. It's been really interesting. I find that uh, New- Manchester United is one of the more interesting teams in world football period, just based on uh, their attacking formation and the departure of Ronaldo. And uh, yeah, I, I find it just the Casemiro like ban is like throwing everything for a loop, yeah. right? So true. Uh, it really messed up my, my early, my, my 20, not that I need to keep rehashing this, but my, my game week 27, I went, I went all in early on, um, man, yeah, because of that Southampton match and the Casemiro red just, just annihilated it. Right. Cause that ended up being a, a nil nil match. Yeah. It's wild. So like I've been reading a decent amount of articles and talking to people, uh, um, Shout out to Shiv on uh, the Discord, like asking Manchester United fans, like, how do they feel about uh, how Casemiro affects not only the defensive, but also the offensive, like, uh, properties of the Manchester United team? Because, right, he's like plays kind of like that kind of defensive, but also offensive role where he's like mm-hmm. giving Fernandez not only the ability to like go out and attack a bit more, but also yep. like they kind of not necessarily a double pivot, but you know, but it also like affects it. Like, man, are they going to be able to defend with, with Shaw? Like I have Shaw mm-hmm. Rashford and Fernandez. So it's like, yep. it's yep. that Casemiro uh, ban is affecting all three of these guys that I have. <laughs> yeah. I know it's a, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I think we have, um, I mean, I, I guess I have, yeah, I have Shaw rush. I have the same trio as you. And, uh, I mean, at this point there's just nothing we can do, right? Because it's, we just have to keep them for 29. They, then they play Everton and Forest and 30 and 31, they blank in 32. Uh, and I may have to drop one of them to, to feel the full squad because now I don't have my free hit left. I really, I really uh, did a number on my team, Eric, a, a couple of weeks ago, but that's fine. That's fine. I've got plenty of weeks to, to sort everything out. Uh, but then they double again in 34 and they double again, most likely in game week 37. So um, that's the other piece of news uh, before we get into our game week 29 discussion, which is uh, uh, the double game weeks are now confirmed for game week 34. And so uh, has that changed your thinking at all? Or is it just kind of nice? We kind of knew they were going to slot in here, but you know, it's kind of nice to have it confirmed, right? I don't know if it changed anything really. Yeah. So like, I don't typically think that far ahead. I just try to play the game week in front of me. But when you kind of have that backlog of games that Brighton have had, um, it's just kind of what, um, so on my wildcard last week, I brought in steel. So we got news that Sanchez out steel yeah. is like yeah. super cheap. And I had like, it was an easy swap from ward to him. And yeah. we know we knew what it was. And, um, I just feel like, like when you're, when you were planning for these doubles and stuff like that, it's like, you can't like sacrifice so much of what your transfers are going to be right now for this game week in order to plan for 34. Right. That's, pretty far away yeah, it's too far away yep okay so like like you said this brighton and united are gonna get the double 
and then Liverpool and Fulham, City and West Ham. I mean, what really is that going to affect for us? I, you know, I, I don't think that much, really. I mean, I think it's 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 nice to have it all kind of locked in, and and you know, shout out, of course, to to Ben C for for being so on top of the ball when it comes to this, uh, the double, you know, basically just making all these predictions for us. And I think the one thing is, is it does, it, it makes things a little more clear. And it, it, I think the thing that really shines out to me now is that Brighton have four double game weeks in the final 10 weeks of the season. And to kind of see it all laid out now as things get a little more confirmed. So they, they don't play in 32, but 32 aside, they, they, they play twice in game week 29. They play twice in 34, twice in 36 and twice in 37. So my decisions are basically kind of like you. I wildcarded a couple weeks ago. I'm, my decisions are pretty locked in for game week 29, but as I think ahead, as I think past this game week, um, keeping in mind the whole time that that I, I I'm going to want to have these double Brighton players for all these double game weeks it, may, it maybe changes my decision making a little bit in terms of who I'm willing to transfer out and bring back in right because I just don't necessarily want to waste a transfer I mean because effectively if I take out uh, a Brighton player that's effectively two transfers right because there's a transfer out and then a transfer to bring him back in um, and so I just I, I think when we think about game week basically like 30 on it's just every transfer becomes so precious down the, down the stretch, unless you're just willing to, to burn fours like they're, like they're, you know, going out of style. And I think that's generally not a, I think it's fine, but I just think if you plan well enough, you don't need to be burning four, Right. And then you can, you can sort of just, those are, you know, if you're, if you're in a close mini league race, like, like you and I used to be before you, uh, before you pulled away a little bit the last few weeks, but <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, you know, but I, I think it really is important to, to watch those transfers and, and make sure that you don't, um, because again, if you're going to bring in, if you're going to take out anybody they need to bring back in, uh, you really just need to to have a, a clear strategy. Now, I think in some cases that can be fine. You know, if you have a Brighton defender, let's say, and you what you really want to have is the Brighton trio of midfielders across the middle, then maybe that's a fine transfer out, right? Because you can when you when you move the, a player back in, you're not going to bring in the same player. You're going to bring in a player that you think is going to be a little more helpful um, down the stretch. Like uh, so. Anyway, I don't want to get too in the weeds either about 34. I think you're right, but. There was a question that GP asked, which is, do you think it's better to bench boost in game week 29 or game week 34? Of those two, which which do you think? Oof. Well, I mean, it depends on what you, how you navigated the last couple of weeks, right? So, like, I wildcarded last week to fill two different roles, right? Get enough players to fill the full 11 during those blanks. And then also to yeah. set up, set up the bench boost this week. So right now, like my bench boost is gonna, is gonna slay if, if I can make the right transfer this week. Um, if you don't have it set up right now, then like, it's difficult to say what you what 34 is going to present for us, right? We can't predict the right. future. There could be injuries, anything. Um, if you feel confident that, there's going to be something coming up that you can take advantage of, then by all means, wait. But right now, in my personal situation, I set it up. So I'm my bench boost is already pressed, ready to go. Me too. Me too. I think that it's uh, a part of it is that Arsenal play leads at home. So if you have any Arsenal players, that's that's a great fixture. I mean, if you weren't going to bench boost this week, 
Um, and, and credit to everyone who bench boosted in 27, cause that did work out extraordinarily well. But if you, if you aren't bench boosting this week, I think you, you find yourself in a really tricky spot where someone like Harry Kane or Erlen Holland gets benched, uh, where you're benching someone like Saka at home to Leeds, or where you're benching a double game week player, right? Like someone like, I, like I have Dominic Solanke as this kind of short term punt. Right. Oof. And like, well, let's, let's see how it pans out. Let's see how it pans out. No, yeah, I'm, was, I'm all in for, on this for 29. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all in on uh, born myths, so we can talk about that in a minute. But all right, that sounds good. But you know, so but but you end up you, you might end up having to bench a couple of double game week players. Whereas I think that 34, it's it's a little easier to to get away with some of the benching decisions you might have to make in a double, right? Like Arsenal play Chelsea, just a trickier match. Um, I don't know. There's just a handful of players out there who might be just a little bit. Um, uh, easier to bench than they would be in game week 29. Whereas in game week 29, there's almost no players that you would bench that you wouldn't really honestly want to start in an ideal situation. Yeah. So uh, just to get specific about my team, so I'm mm-hmm. ready to go about this bench boost and I have uh, three Arsenal players, as I'm sure everyone does. So I have Saka, Odegaard, and White. So right now I'm trying to get one of the Brighton midfielders right now it's Matoma. I'm probably going to transfer out Odegaard and get mm-hmm. Matoma in. And that way I'm, I'm rolling with a bench boost. And I think that this is probably one of the better double game week bench boost options of the last, like you said, I've been playing for nine years, 10 years. This uh-huh. seems like it, right? Yep. Yep. That's it. That I, I, I think, <laughs> I think if you're set up to do it now, we should do it. Right. Like what's, you know, sometimes, why are you waiting to listen, like, listen, sometimes the answer is easy and we just, we just move on. You know, I, I, th- I think, I think that we're on the same page or I think the game week 29 is it. GP, you have your answer. GP, good luck to you. Whatever, whichever, whichever way you end up going. Um, so, uh, Eric, one, one last thing. Uh, this is how I like to treat the people who ask us questions uh, with uh, with uh, authoritative, definitive answers, even though I don't actually know what their team looks like, because that's the only, you know, that's the only way to do it. Because the answer to almost all these questions is really it depends, but that doesn't really lead to a very good podcast, right? Not so this time. To, uh, We're yeah. saying yeah. definitively do it now. That's true. Slam that's that true. button. That's true. Exactly. The button's been slammed. Uh, so one final thing before we take a break and talk about Game Week 29. Uh, Eric, you are a Patreon supporter. You have been for several years, I believe. And uh, what I, I would say you're most active in the uh, in the Always Cheating Discord, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you guys like like the way that, you know, Josh and Brandon described the game to us, it's like that's the way to it. Like you can listen to the other stuff and it's very analytical and stuff like that. But like the point of playing fantasy premier league is to like, you know, talk crap with people and whatever. It's, it's, it's fun. I guarantee you join the discard right now. There's so many cool channels. We don't just talk about FPL, right? Talk about music and, and movies and shows and stuff. And there's some really cool personalities that just talk about stuff all day. There's people from Australia that are talking in the middle of the night for us Mm -hmm. because we're here and people in, in Europe. So there's like, constant discourse going on uh i i just highly recommend if you like to talk and you like to banter about and please join join discord it's it's awesome <laughs> well thank you that's that's exactly how i scripted that out for you so thank you for reading it so so perfectly <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh but patreon.com slash always teens where you can go to support the podcast let's take a break we'll get back and we're going to talk about game week 29 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Eric, we're back. Double Game Week 29. It's almost like a super double game week, right? Because so many people play twice. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start calling this Super Game Week 29 instead of double. All right? That's my new, my new, my new phrasing for this week. And uh, just a quick walkthrough before we get into it uh, for anybody who has uh, either forgotten or just have, you know, haven't been paying as much attention to the double game weeks. I mean, if you're not, I don't know, if you're, if you're not in the weeds on this stuff too much, it may be, you may be surprised by just how many people double uh, in this game week. And so just a quick uh, rundown here. Aston Villa play twice. They play away to Chelsea, away to Leicester, Bournemouth, Fulham, Brighton, Brentford, Brighton away, Man United away, uh, Brighton play Brentford at home and Bournemouth away. Chelsea play Villa and Liverpool at home. Leeds play Arsenal and Forest. Leicester play Palace away, Villa home. Liverpool played away to Man City and Chelsea. Again, I've done, these are all just the teams that play twice in Game Week 29. Uh, Man United play away to Newcastle home to Brentford. Uh, Newcastle host Man United away to West Ham. Forest play home to Wolves and away to Leeds. And West Ham play Southampton and Newcastle at home. So 12 teams play twice in, in Game Week 29. And it's sort of the international break, which I feel like makes things even more complicated because I just, I you know, I have to like... I have to like look at the numbers around there, something like that. But I just feel like that the first Saturday after the international break is always a like you. I feel like you always get some unexpected results, right? It's like everyone's just. It's not quite. You're not quite at like full match sharpness, and sometimes that's a good thing in terms for, from an FPL perspective. But I feel like from like a a match table perspective, sometimes you get like a weird nil nil that you weren't expecting, or you know everything everything's just a little shaggier. Would you say? Hey, like uh, let's get weird. That's what this is a whole. This is it's uncharted territory like we the whole world cup messed with everything and now we got this random you know scheduled international break where you know people are playing games and and then all of a sudden we're back and not only are we back but we're back with like these crazy double game weeks and (laughs) uh, and not only is it hard to like figure out who you want to play or like not everybody has their bench boost left. Not everybody knows who to captain. Not everybody knows who's going to play both games because of international travel. Yep. So it's like, this is kind of like uncharted territory for even people who've been playing this game for a very long time. Right. Yep. Very much so. Yeah. And so I, I think that for, for anyone who's wildcarded the last few weeks or uh, is planning into planning to wildcard into 29, which was a plan I originally uh, kicked around. Um, it's, 
you probably have already put a lot of thinking into um, this game week. And so I, I just want to talk a little bit about, you know, rather than go team by team, um, I, I think we could just talk a little bit about our, our, like our plans. And then there's a few listener questions that I thought we'd get into as well. So given that you wildcarded in 28, that you're, you know, the, and so you, you should be reasonably set up for 29, but I'm, I'm imagining if you were trying to maximize 28 and 29, you might be in a position where you need to make a couple of transfers, one or one or maybe two. So you mentioned uh, Matoma already. That would that mostly mostly be Odegaard to Matoma then? Is that right? So that was basically the plan right now is just get one of these Brighton guys in. So we can talk about who's like McAllister is a really sexy pick and you got March with all the, like the statistics, but like Matoma's the guy, come on, we watch them play. <laughs> I, I think that Matoma's the guy too. I agree. Are there any other moves that you would consider any minus fours that might be on the table or anything, anything more complicated that you might you know kick around? Man, I don't think so. Like I set it up pretty good. Like I got, I got Keppa mm-hmm. and Steele as my goalkeepers. Easy mm-hmm. stuff, yep. trippier, easier stuff. Yep. Mings, shout out to Mings uh, owners for last week. We did great. <laughs> the Mings crew. Let's go. Yep. yep. And then, of course, Shaw and you got. So the one that's uh, like we were talking about earlier, the Casemiro ban is a little weird for United assets. So it's like, man, like, should I keep Odegaard as a single player and treat Rashford as a single player? Mm-hmm. And maybe instead of getting Odegaard out and considering that Rashford may be a single game week player and get him out and get Matoma. So that's, that's the only debate that I really have. Yeah, I think that I'm uh, I my hope. I, so I, I did this more elaborate plan for I, I, I wildcard in 27. I free hit in 28. And then I um, I have a squad that is basically a double game week squad that I put together in 27. And so I have. At the moment, uh, 13 double game week players, and uh, then I have Holland and Gabriel as my two um, non-doublers, uh, both of which I'm, 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 I don't plan to do anything with. I'm just going to you know, hold on to them. So my plan at the moment is actually to hold my transfer for 29. Um, and, and then I guess the only, you know, the only way I would, I would you know, maybe use it is if we found out some injury news, somebody came back with an injury from an international break. So far, I, I feel like we've actually we, we've been fairly lucky in that regard. I, I, I'll say again, I don't consider the Holland or Rashford injuries to be serious. Uh, I, if Rashford were significant, like if his toe was, 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 the, was the serious, I, don't, I just don't think he'd be, you know, taking these horse carriage rides, uh, in Central Park. You know, I think that he'd be, uh, I, I don't even know, like, like rehabbing with his foot up on his, on his couch watching, uh, um, I don't know. What do you think? Mar- like East Enders or something. I don't, what, what is, I don't know what Mark, I don't know what, 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 I don't know what Marcus Rashford would watch. Uh, but uh, I think he'd be, he'd be taking a little more easy. And then Holland, um, it's not that I don't think the hash, I mean, he has, you know, a hamstring is a, is a, is a, is a thing that can be aggravated very easily. And so, um, I guess I was a little surprised that he went home just because, uh, you know, they are, they were, you know, Euro qualifiers, but it just, it just sounds like, like by all accounts, they expect him to be ready for Man United. So if, if that stays that way, then I will hold my transfer, which will make it a little easier for me to not feel ill about uh, about my, my ill-fated uh, free hit in, in Game Week 28 because I'll, uh, I'll have enough transfers that I can, I can sort of, uh, you know, hokey-pokey in some players um, in and out um, for, th- for 32 and then again for, for 34 uh, without getting two in the weeds on my own squad. So... Um, 
we talked about captains a little bit already. Uh, Francis Mac, Mac asks, is it, is it too aggressive to Captain Matoma? Um, what do you think about just straight up captaining Matoma this week? You know, before I kind of considered the whole Rashford thing, like I said, bus team Rashford. But yep. man, if I'm going to spend a transfer on Matoma, like I've heard you say this a lot, right? If you're going to get a guy in and you're going to spend the transfer, even if you don't even take a hit, yep. why not captain him? So yep. for me, that's that's like 50% on the table for me, Matoma captain. Okay. But what about if Rashford trains Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? If he's back and playing, does that change anything for you? I would probably stick with Rashford and just captain him. Yeah, even if he plays, but like, like I said, like even if he plays just the one game, right? Like he's going to probably bang. And that's what it is. Like we're, I think I, I saw an article today when I was researching a bit. They were saying, like, are we overrating these doubles? And even if, Rashford plays only the one game, man. He's on fire, man. This guy's yeah. incredible. Like what a guy, what a player, what an incredible asset to, yeah. to do all with that. this toe pain, all with this harrowing toe pain. Oh man. If he can, it's like the Jordan flu game, right? <laughs> exactly. Every time he walks out there, it's a, it's a, it's a portrait and courage. Exactly. So good for him. Yeah. I don't know. Like captain is tricky. I, I Honestly, like I'm not confident on giving any sort of advice on captains because like with all so many players doubling, it's just impossible to predict what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. Like especially when we like, it's difficult to to understand like the value of the captainship just period every day. Right. Yeah. Like a lot of these defenders, like I've seen so many people like like take chances on defenders and it really is like i feel like if you're trying to gain ground then man what a what a chance would it be to take on like a Chilwell or mm-hmm. a trippier or even yeah. keppa or a minx like like yep. a lot of times when these defenders get clean sheets they're gonna get bonus points right and i feel like that's a risk of that if you're willing to take that captain the defender captain the goalkeeper go for it this is the time to do it with double game weeks but if you're in my position and you know i'm really high up and i'm trying to play more shield and sword yeah i'm probably just going to go with rashford i'll throw mo salah in there as a uh as a as a uh, I kind of like slightly under the radar captain pick. I mean, he's, he's Mo Salah. So obviously he, it's not, he's not, he's never completely off the radar, but uh, you look at those fixtures and think, ah, man city away, Chelsea away. Those aren't, those aren't great fixtures, but I, I Liverpool have consistently been at their best when they're playing the top opposition. Like they're, they're, they're a squad that is, is, is really not at their kind of peak of, of three or four years ago. But when they play these top teams, it seems like it, it, it like triggers something in them, right? And uh, not not Real Madrid, who is like their their bogey team, and just Oof. they they just never want to see them. They never want to see those those the, those white kits again. But you know, I think that when they when they play um, other opposition, we just saw this with Man United match, match a couple of weeks ago. It, it, it like sort of brings out this like lion and winter sort of thing, and they they just they become very very potent again. And I I could just see it's not that I necessarily see them winning the Man City match or the Chelsea match, although Chelsea, I think, I think is maybe a little more likely. Um, but I, it's just that I, I think that they will score goals in both those matches. And I think there's a good chance that Sal is involved in those goals. So if you wanted to be a little different, you, you were able to fit Sal into your squad, which isn't easy if you don't already have him. Um, I think that he is an option, I think, for a, for a kind of under-the-radar captain pick as well. 
Oh, I'm with you. If I had Salah, he would probably be my captain. I'm just not right. ready to yeah. like bring him in right now. It's just it's not in the cards as far as budget and, yeah. and just positionally. Yeah. But yeah, I think Salah is a good shout. Um, like I think if you have one of the Brighton guys, man, like that's a good shout too. Like I'm gonna bring in Matoma, but yeah. like. If you have, if you're super confident in McAllister or or March, man, go for it. I, I think those guys are gonna are gonna bang goals. It's just a matter of. Yeah. What about Bruno? Any thought? Of, any thought to Bruno? He doesn't doesn't have a uh, crippling toe injury, uh, but does have sure. the same the same fixtures as, as as Rashford. Oh, for sure. So, like, I brought in Bruno on my wild card, thinking okay. I was like, cool. Like, let's just bring him in. He's gonna be great. Um, <laughs> I know we've said this several times and I'm but the the Casemiro thing is just so weird for I feel like United structure is so dependent on who's playing and that mm-hmm. who's playing is completely changes the way that they act. So like I really like Fernandez with uh Veghorst up there well, attracting uh defenders super mm-hmm. close up there and so I think that Fernandez is going to probably get more shots per se but i i think with casemiro out he may or may not have to absorb a little bit of the defensive (laughs) liability stuff i know it's just what you said the casemiro thing is just such a killer for for anybody who is even like any anybody who has these players or was considering bringing them in it just adds this 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 uh, uh lack of lack of confidence maybe in the entire squad and uh it's 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 really unfortunate because uh um, I, I think I think in some ways it would have been very simple to just be like, yeah, Captain Rashford, Vice Captain Bruno, and and sort of <laughs> don't worry too much about the captaincy. But now I think it's I, it's actually probably good for the game. Honestly, it's a little more open. I think now in terms of who you might want to pick. Sure. Yeah. No. It, it's crazy to think like how much United's like uh, potential changes with like the structure of their team. Like there's a complete difference of like when you play Rashford. So if Rashford's going to be out of game, then they're going to be playing Sancho, which is a completely different player. And then it's depending on who they play on the other side. Like Anthony is a completely different player from Garnacho or Fagundo Palistri. And these guys like that whole uh, United team is so like dependent on who they're playing credit to Ten Hag for being able to like, like, uh, figure out the tactics of who they're playing but like fernandez is going to be a central piece i just don't know what that means for him fpl wise yeah i i think that it's um it's it's if you have him i don't know it's like yeah it's like i I just somehow trust that rashford can come through no matter what i mean i i guess now we're just sort of we're just kind of saying the same thing. So let's, let's, let's move on. Let's move on to uh, the next, the next question, which is from Mike Thunder. And he asks, who are the best double game week keepers? I, I know a lot of people were, were sticking with ward as, as a second keeper or, or they just had some other issue that, that, you know, are they, I don't know. They haven't wild carded yet, let's say. And, um, you know, or, or they have maybe, um, uh, they have St- Sanchez still, right. Uh, Sanchez, the Brighton keeper who's been, um, uh, removed uh, from the starting spot for Steele at the moment. And so um, what do you think is, uh, you know, who, who would you sort of put in the, like your top maybe three or four captain picks, or excuse me, uh, goalkeeper picks for, for game week 29? So I'm rolling with Keppa and Steele. That okay. was on my wild card. I'm bench yep. boosting. Yep. And uh, that's just, Keppa is a pretty, like, 
he's been great since the yep. World Cup. Chelsea have been pretty crap overall, but like he's getting saves. Uh, the one big shout, I know a lot of people can't fit Steele under the team because they're rocking a lot of Brighton players. You got yep. Estupinian and you're maybe playing two midfielders. Neto for Bournemouth. I mentioned it earlier. Like it's that guy's got like five or six saves a game and uh their the rest of their season is fairly like not easy obviously nothing's easy for Bournemouth but like right. I think that's the guy that you look at Neto look at him up look him up um yeah I, th- I think that's right I'm, I was trying to, I mean you could make an argument for De Gea possibly uh, if you weren't if you weren't already tripled up at Man United, I think that he's like like let's say like like Berna just doesn't make sense for your squad for some reason and and uh, you know and, and you're just not gonna uh, it's like you have Rashford you have Shaw and you have one open Man United spot I think that I think that De Gea makes sense not just because he plays I, although you have to be a little careful with this one because you couldn't have Steele and De Gea because they don't play in 32 although if you're if you're free hitting that's why, that's why it's so complicated to talk about FPL right now because these chips are, are everyone's in kind of a different spot right now with with where they are but l- let's say that you are able to free hit or you have a keeper that plays in 32 then uh De Gea play has the double in 29 they have then they play Everton and Forest uh and then they have a another double game week in 34 where they play Villa and Brighton and then uh, two relatively straightforward matches, and they play Bournemouth and Chelsea in 37. So if you brought in someone like De Gea, you'd actually have him for three double game weeks over the final 10 weeks of the season. And so I think that that is something um, to consider. I mean, that, that's, that's really the, the, the appeal of Steel as well, right, is that he's, he's 4 million, and they have four double game weeks in the final um, nine. So, um, you know, just something to consider. Although I, I guess the, other, the, the flip side of this is that um, – you might be in a position where you uh, have, like in, like in 36, for example, Steel and um, – actually, no. Actually, that, that, it looks like um, it would be 37 where Brighton uh, double and Manhattan double as well. So you have to – unless you were bench boosting in 37, which is like that's real galaxy brain territory there. Uh, you'd have to pick uh, one or the other. I guess um, – I don't know. Look at those two. I guess I'd probably go Steel at home. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what, what do you think about Iverson, the, the ward replacement? Is that just too risky, do you think? Man, it just depends. Like, if you're gonna, if you have a free hit or a wild card, then sure. But like, let's not like overly parse the goalkeeper position, right? Like, let's not take hits. Yeah, please don't take a hit for a goalkeeper. It's just, it's just not worth it. And but if if we're rolling with what we got, I mean, like, Steel is a great alternative to the Brighton like points. Yeah. Right, like it's, I like it's, this. I like the netto. I like the netto shot because it, you know, especially if you, if you've already, um, if you need a, if you need a keeper for for thirty two, uh, netto plays in thirty two. Right, they play and they play West Ham at home, which isn't a bad fixture. Um, I I think you're right. I mean, if he just got, let's say he got six saves in both of the the twenty nine. I mean, they're they're home for both those matches too. So it's not inconceivable that Brighton keep a clean sheet, is it? I mean, this is it's conceivable. It's not likely. I would say any of those two, but it's. One one can dream up a scenario, right, where, where Bournemouth uh, keep a clean sheet in that match. One of those. Yeah, matches. no. Uh, I just feel like the the goalkeeper position for me is a punt, and yeah. I I've been looking at getting like getting myself into the Bournemouth points because like yeah. it's crazy. There's 
technically so bad. Like look at their position in the table, but man, it's so, it's just so hard to get into it. Cause like Solanke is like cool and it's fun to play him. And you got like the billing and you yeah. got all those midfielders guys. But like, if you, I think that if you're going to take a risk, the best pay, the best place to take a risk is in the goalkeeper. Right. Yeah. And it's yeah. just, I just think like you said, like just the, the, the home and, uh, and their schedule moving forward is like, pretty good so if you're looking for like a backup goalkeeper or someone to play in your in your bench boost Neto is the guy if you can't you know if you have three Brighton players that you can't fit steel in I like this I don't know that Brendan I or I would have gone with a Neto shout here so this is this you're you're bringing something new to the conversation which I like and 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 Emmy Martinez would be fun too but he's he's you know 0.4 million more than Neto and I I'm I'm kind of with you there where it's just like just just save the 0.4 million right it's just so unlikely you're gonna get serious points uh, for me these keepers or, or or maybe it's kind of equally random so there's no point in spending you know too much money on it which I guess would be the argument for someone like Iverson but he's just I mean first of all we could see Ward back uh, it doesn't even seem like Lester allowed that many saves so there's really there's just, I just don't really see a lot of appeal in the in the Iverson show I don't either yeah all right well let's move on then um, question number five is how seriously should we take the injuries to Rashford and Holland I think yeah, you know, I've sort of given my, my my thoughts on this, but it is a very important question, and, and obviously one will we'll, we should have more information on as the week goes on. But are you are you taking those seriously, the Rashford Holland injuries? I mean, I'm Team Fade Holland, so mm-hmm. like that doesn't really wasn't his injury wasn't going to affect whether I have him or not. So like, like it's just we can easily go from Kane to Holland if he starts if he comes back and he starts banging easy yeah. enough. Yeah. The Rashford one is a little bit harder because I think that all of what were a lot of people, including me, were probably planning on captaining Rashford, right? Right. Yeah. So it's just like the, when, when it starts affecting your captain choices, that's when it starts getting like to the point where it's like, oh man, I want, I'm refreshing Twitter. Like what is he doing <laughs> yeah. in New York? Um, yeah. <laughs> so the Holland if you have them, keep them. If you don't have them, like even better for us, like it's fine. But the Rashford one, I I don't know what I don't have any extra information to apply here. Um, all right, well, let's end things on a on a fun note then. Here, this comes from uh, Lindelwald, uh, who asks, "Who are the best differential options in any position?" For those people who want to go for broke in the final five game weeks, and just as a refresher, a, a differential is somebody who has uh, ownership. It kind of depends on your interpretation. But let's say, obviously, everyone can own the same player in fantasy, but uh, their ownership is less than 15%, let's say. So, yeah, I mean, we, you, we don't have to actually pull up these numbers, but just roughly, someone someone whose ownership is fairly low. I don't know why I'm explaining differentials on, like, our 33rd podcast of the, <laughs> of the season. <laughs> uh, but, you know, just in case anyone was, was is new to it this week's episode... Uh, that's what it is. So, um, we, you know, we talked about Neto a little bit already. I think he's a good shout. Um, maybe there's like another, I think maybe instead of going position by position, I wonder if it's easier to kind of look at some of these squads, uh, the, you know, the ones that double or the ones that, um, you know, have good fixtures moving forward. And so are, are there a couple of teams that you think are just flying a little bit under the radar. And I mean, you, you mentioned Mings already. I mean, I think Mings was a, was a great shout. Obviously they, they double in game week 29 as well, but do, do any, you know, teams or players come to mind? Oh man. So you said 15%. Mm-hmm. Lucky enough, Ollie Watkins <laughs> is 14.9% owned. Beautiful. So he qualifies slips, for this, uh, our little slips in there. differential. <laughs> Scored last week too, right? 
I mean, he's what scored six in the last eight. At this point, it's like it's kind of hard to call forward players differentials just because there's so few that we really like consider to be assets. So like like I think Kane is, of course, like been on everyone's team for a while. You got Holland. You said the injury concerns and we got Tony with like the, you know, gambling uh, band concerns. Watkins of your consideration to be a differential, that's the one I'm going with. Get Ollie Watkins in your team right now. I, I love the Watkins shout. I, he, he, he's, he, plays, he plays in 29. Uh, they also play in 32, in case that's a consideration. Um, and uh, they also play Forest in 30. So if you bring him in for 29, if you don't already have him in your squad, you get it's almost like you get the, you get the three-fixture run where you can really decide uh, what you want to do with him. And then and then, then they don't double in 34, so it's kind of easy to move on from him. You're not going to be kind of stuck with him forever. He's at, he's at a price point that, that allows you to move fairly easily between a lot of other players, right? You can, you could move him to back to someone like Tony at some point if you needed to, or uh, I don't know, even, even consider like a, a Chelsea forward at some point if like, you know, if you decide to go in on someone like Howard's. So I, I, I like that one a lot. I think that in general Villa um, are probably a little under the radar. It seems like they've, they've just, I don't know, they've been pressed recently. And uh, I mean, Watkins has always sort of had this potential to, to go off and it feels like he's finally starting to, um, you know, like, uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's not like he's never done anything, but I, I feel like over the last year and a half or so, he kind of dealt with this reputation of someone who just couldn't finish. And, um, I don't know, just maybe, I don't know if he's playing with more confidence or if it's just sort of, um, uh, the, the sample gets a little bit longer, right. And you sort of revert back to how you kind of should be performing based on, um, you know, expected returns. I don't know, but it, I, I agree with you. I think Watkins is a great show. All right. Good evening. That's all I got to say is I think that the, the whole uh, uh, the resurgence of, of Villa to come in with this uh, renewed identity under the under the new manager. Right. What's the old uh, the old Arsenal manager? Yeah. The Spanish guy. Why can't I remember his name? Anyways, I feel like I feel like that uh, if you're finding forwards that are going to produce more than, you know, Everyone's been taking risks on on Darwin and Havertz, yeah. and even Tony and even Holland. Like, I feel like the forward position is like kind of the like the differential spot. I've seen a yeah. couple people put in Isak. Um, mm-hmm. That's not a bad shout, right? Yep, yep. Um, I mean, God, he looks so good in the was it was it the last one? The international break always kind of screws up my memory of when. By the way, that it was. Um, uh, Unai Emery. I didn't want to interrupt. Unai Emery. Well, but, uh, yeah. Unai Emery. But it was, um, uh, yeah, I feel like uh, Isak had that had that terrific brace. He looks really good at the moment. And yeah, and, and Newcastle, maybe just because they haven't really blown anyone away the last couple of weeks. It feels like they're maybe flying slightly under the radar at the moment. Uh, but they do play, it's Man United at home, West Ham away. So um, yeah, it's it's sort of interesting. Like uh, there, all, there almost isn't one, one single team that plays twice where you're like this this is the one this is like this is the match that like you know like i don't, I don't know it's there's not even like one of those like 
I mean, I guess like the the best single figure, the the best single fixture for a top fourteen that plays twice would I guess be Manyat at home to Brentford. But even that's not like a like an especially strong fixture, right? I mean, Brentford are are, are pretty strong defensively. So um, yeah, I think it's I think I think there is a lot of room for for going a little bit different here. What about West Ham? Like, really, no one has talked about West Ham uh, in the lead up to twenty nine. Kind of all season in fantasy, they just really haven't been a factor at all. Would you consider? Kind of anybody on West Ham, a defender, a midfielder, anybody? So, like, if we're talking about stats, then you, like, Ben Rama has been getting a lot of touches in the final third. Um, what he does with them and what West Ham are able to do, that's kind of uh, up to them. And, I mean, you said what they should have fired Moyes a month ago. So who knows what happens. But like, I've got some trouble for this take. <laughs> but I, I think that if you're going to take a punt, I think Ben Rama is the guy from West Ham to take a punt on. Yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, but Paqueta has gotten a little bit of attention as well. I just feel like, I mean, I, I don't even know I would say it's a fade because no one's really no one's really on them. But I, I just think when you look at all these teams that play twice, it's just hard to look at West Ham and think, I mean, the one thing that's appealing about them, uh, kind of uniquely outside of Liverpool, is that they they play in 29 and they don't blank in 32 and they double in 34. So that is the one thing that's slightly appealing about them is you would you wouldn't have to worry about making any moves to either target a double later on or or but but I just uh, who do I want from West Ham that I'm like yeah I want to hold this guy in my squad for the next six game weeks. It's just hard to like really feel super excited about. But anybody it just feels like it's just too much of a blind punt. Like I, I never like to make a, a full on blind punt in fantasy. Too well, that's kind of the problem, right? Like, like it's not the price. The prices aren't dissuading us from purchasing any player. It's the taking right, up right. the midfield slot. So, like, yes, I think at the right. beginning of the season, we were all like, "Oh man, we're gonna buy all these forwards and it's gonna be great." And then we were like, "Oh no." I only have five midfielders that I can fit into my team. And so yeah. like right now it's just kind of impossible to take a punt on a midfielder because yeah. most days we're going to at the very least have like our fifth midfielder as our first bench spot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I think um, I will, however, shout out another midfielder right now, uh, despite what you've just said, which is uh, James Madison uh, plays uh been playing quite quite a bit better uh, recently. Picked up an assist in game week twenty seven. Uh, plays away to Palace in twenty seven. Home to Villa and and or excuse me, away 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 to Palace in the first half of twenty nine, and then then home to Villa in the second half. So I think that he's another player that you could at least consider. I I have no, I'm sort of like. I feel like I'm pretty well known for long-term listeners of not being a, a massive fan of James Madison, but um, you know, fixtures are fixtures and they, they have, they have a nice 29 and then they play Bournemouth at home in game week 30. So from there, it's not terrific, but I think that you could um, really make a case for, for Madison um, over the next couple of weeks. Oh yeah. He's in my squad right now. Is he? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, he's in. Yep. I mean, yep. we like to have fun here. I mean, like, like that's the thing. It's like you gotta have one player that's that's yes. that's fun, and you're just gonna like, all right, if it hits, it hits. If it doesn't, ah, no sweat off my back. I totally agree. I think that you have to. And that's actually what Solanke is a little bit like that for me, where I just wanted somebody who. If he bangs, it's it's like it, they're just my points, right? It's like every time that you want a player is just like if this guy scores, it's me and four other people that get to celebrate. Like that is just the best feeling in fantasy. He also made the rest of my team structure work, but you know, let's let's pretend that it was all for um, 
for, you know, it was just me chasing glory. Um, so uh, let's see any other players that, that stand out. I mean, we, we, we only kind of nodded at, at Kai Havertz. I mean, what do you think about Chelsea in general? You mentioned Chilwell before too. I mean, that's probably a, a in general, I think people have been a little wary of Chelsea and, and I, I guess that I still am, but you know, how do you feel about Chelsea going into 29? I mean, I kind of predicted this kind of like massive failure of what, Chelsea was trying to do this year, right? Like it just seemed weird what they were doing. Of course, the new American owner, everything's weird. Um, I feel like if you're going to try to do Chelsea and FPL, like you got to get one of the mid or one of the defenders. And as we all know, everyone go into your notes app right now and just say, never get Reese James because that's what you should do. You should just never get him. It's stupid. Um, but run. Well, what did he got? He got an assist, but then they conceded two goals and he got a yellow card, right? So it was like he got like two points the hard way, basically. And that, yeah, exactly. Game. It's yeah. it's nonsense. But yes, I do have Chilwell. I mean, I'm bench boosting, so he's going to get into my squad this week. But like beyond that, I'm not expecting much from him. Yeah, it's um, Chilwell. I think would be the one, but just in general, I mean, they're not they're not performing especially strong defensively at the moment, and it's it's just hard to have a ton of faith really i mean i i guess they they have one clean sheet in their last six and that was um home to leeds a one nil win so um it's, it's i mean like, i i think he's got a high ceiling i can I certainly see why you brought him in on your wild card i think it makes a lot of sense but um i don't know that i would really make a strong case for transferring in any of these chelsea players i mean I, i'm sure they will have some some like relatively high ownership just because they're, they're a popular club and and it, it, it's kind of worth just taking the punt on, but um, I just I just see more entered like I, there there are spots that just seem more fun for me to take a punt on than than like a, bringing in someone from Chelsea and uh, yeah the, the price point's not great either right I mean if you're gonna bring in Chilwell that's a, that's a six million uh, expense right it's not a it's like you have to kind of like make some of their sacrifice in your squad to bring him in. So I, I don't, I mean, like, I think it makes sense for you on a wild card. You, and certainly you thought, you know, playing Everton at home in 28, it was going to work out better than it did. But um, I don't know that I'd really advocate strongly for transferring in chill while going to 29. No, uh, that's why I said, like, if you're going to bring in these questionable defensive assets, the best risk uh, like way to do it is to bring in the goalkeeper, right? Cause then yep. they can get safe points where these defenders, they can't get anything unless they're like an attacking you know, wing back or they're going to get clean sheets. And I think that we've watched Chelsea enough and we just know that they're, it's going to be really hard for them to keep clean sheets, but it won't matter yeah. for Kepa because you can get points for clean sheets. Yeah. Whereas what Chilwell is like, cool. Like maybe he'll get an attacking, attacking return or an assist or yeah. something. But yeah. So we talked about, to, uh, you know, just for all the teams that double, we talked about Villa, Bournemouth. We didn't really talk about Brentford too much uh, outside of me just noting that they're, they're playing really well. I have Ivan Tony. Do you have Ivan Tony as well in your squad? I do. Yep. Yep. So I think Ivan Tony is pretty highly owned already. We talked about Chelsea. We haven't talked about Leeds. Uh, Leeds, Forest. Do we have to? No, we, no, we don't have to. But but <laughs> Leeds, Leeds, Leeds and Forest uh, are the two that we really haven't discussed at all. I, I guess Newcastle as well, although I have Trippier much like everybody else. I actually have Botman as well. And uh, and that's just sort of me. I'm going to write it out. And I don't know. <laughs> they haven't been keeping a lot of clean sheets. Maybe maybe the maybe the, the tide will turn a little bit. But just when, when it comes to Forest and um, and Leeds, are there are there any players that we could even just kind of lightly consider from either of those two squads or is it just a total write-off for those two teams i mean i'm good i had 
the yeah. Noto guy for a bit. Yep. He was he was yep. he was enabling me, and when I had it, he scored me a goal and got me an assist, and I was like, Beautiful. "Thank you, bye. Yeah. We're see, we're done see with you again. You. Never. Yeah, exactly." <laughs> It's, uh, it's, like, yeah, it's a great transition. I was going to say that the like the Newcastle defense is like interesting, right? So like everybody has Trippier, so it doesn't like it doesn't affect anything. I think the I think that I've been watching people take risks on getting uh, double or even triple <laughs> like Newcastle yeah. defense, and the and it's obviously when it works, it pays off ridiculously. But it's like a huge kind of like risk reward thing, right? Yeah. And, well, this brings me to my final my final thought here, which is something that um, I, I think that people don't necessarily consider a lot uh, when it comes to how to be a little different. It's it's not just about the players that you bring in, but it's it's a little bit about how you set up your formation and 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 I, I think overloading your squad is a super high risk, high reward strategy that that a lot of people like sort of just don't really want to do. But if you are serious and like if you genuinely don't care if it fails, right? Like you're like, I'm going to go in in this. And if it fails, I can accept it. Cause a lot of people say that Eric. And then, and then when it actually happens and blows up, they get very upset. But if you, if you're willing to take the risk, then a triple up on, uh, I don't know, a triple up on the Newcastle defense or, a, you know, triple up on the, on the, uh, the, uh, I don't know, the Brighton midfielders, just like, you know, basically kind of going all in. But I, I think, especially when it comes to defenders, I think that's, that's an area where overloading can really work because it often doesn't cost that much money to have three players from some of these squads. And then if you can get even one clean sheet from them, it can be a massive rank uh, driver, you know, especially if people only have, you know, zero or one player. So I think that, um, I mean, the only problem with not with doing that with Brighton, which would be one of the teams that had the most appeal is that, um, that, that would mean not having Matoma or, um, or I don't know, McAllister or something like that. And so it's maybe a little less appealing, but I, but I do think that's like, something to consider. Like maybe, maybe you bring in, uh, just looking at Man United, like looking ahead, maybe, I mean, the Casemiro thing screws us up a little bit, but you know, going to Gea and Shaw, right. Just having that kind of extra defender, that could be one way to, to be a little different and just understand that it's, it's not necessarily optimal strategy, but it's, it's the kind of high risk strategy that could really pan out if it, if it works. Oh, absolutely. I, I feel like, like when you're asking about differentials, right before it used to be, it's like, Oh, we're going to bring in, you know, random midfielder from, from whatever team. Yeah. I think the, the best differential nowadays, especially with what we're looking at, like you said, Brighton and especially like Arsenal, like the differential now is getting the right midfielder from Brighton or yeah. Arsenal. Yeah. And that's, yeah. and it's so hard to do is like, we're all, it's like, obviously Saka is a beast. And like, I think well, we should all have Saka single game week, be damned. doesn't matter. Yeah. But the, the weird thing is, is like, it's like, man, when Mitomo was cheap, like everyone was like, oh, he's so cheap and he's going to bang for us. And it is what it is. And, uh, yeah, I, I think like differential means something now just because we have these options of of like who's going to be the best, Matoma, McAllister, March, Saka, Odegaard, or Martinelli, or these kind of guys. I think that's the differential is getting the right combination combination of players from these teams who are producing a lot. And I think that's the best way to really like propel yourself. Yeah, I think that's right. Although sometimes if you, if you just can't decide, then... You can also just get all of them and hope that one of them. Uh, <laughs> I mean, because that, that's that's really a strategy that would have worked the last few weeks, right? If you had just if you had just gone all in with um, 
with 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 Martinelli and Odegaard and Saka. That really would have been you know a, a really effective strategy. I mean, especially uh, the way Martinelli has just completely turned it back on. Um, again. And so, um, yeah, that, I mean, sometimes it is, uh, sometimes, you know, there's, there's, there's kind of no logic to stuff either. I mean, soccer, so, you know, Martinelli looked, you know what it really was? It was, it was him scoring that goal in the final. Uh, so maybe again, this is where the eye test comes in. Although this, again, this stuff is always more, more like obvious in hindsight, but him scoring that, that little tap in goal and, the, and to go up four two in that Aston Villa comeback. Remember that where, um, I do. Yeah, and uh, where the you know Martinez came forward, and uh, a rough match for Martinez, uh, who I love, and uh, but you know I, it felt like that gave him this like incredible burst of confidence, and he's just been on absolute fire since then, and uh, he also doesn't play, or uh, he he didn't play for Brazil. He stayed. He you know I I think he just didn't call get called up. I don't think he pretended to have an injury. He just didn't get called up for the for for Brazil's friendly. So I think that he. Uh, uh, he might be one uh, to consider as well. I, I wouldn't necessarily be so eager to to drop him for a double game weaker either. I think that even even someone like Matoma, I, I, I think I'd think twice about. I, I, Odegaard is a little more up and down, right? He's a little streakier, and so I think that he's one you could you could get away with a little more easily. But if I had Martinelli, I I think I would prefer him over almost all of the double game week options for um, for twenty nine. Yeah, I'm with you. And just talking it out now, I think the transfer now is Odegaard, Matoma, Lockett. Yeah. Yeah, lock it. I think that makes sense. I mean, make sure, you know, Matoma doesn't come back from Japan with a nagging you know, knee injury or something like that. But yeah. This, is, yeah, this is the week to wait until at least, I know, it gets, you know, it gets tricky with the price changes and stuff. But I, I would really try to wait until at least Thursday, if you could, to, to make any transfers. Yeah, I think Japan plays Colombia on Tuesday. So he'll be playing Tuesday. against okay. his, uh, yeah, Stupinian. Or no, he's Ecuadorian, no. Kind of are those matches being played in Europe? Or are they no, being, no, it's yeah. in it's in Japan. It's in Japan. Okay. So right. like okay. Uruguay and uh, Colombia went over there and they're playing uh, uh, international friendlies with Japan and Korea. Okay, got it, got it. Okay, got it. Cool. All right. Well, that is that's your pod that flew by. Eric, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. That was an hour and 10 minutes. That just that, that was an absolute breeze. I really enjoyed having you on. It was fun talking to you. Thanks for talking things through. And thanks for your perspective as well. Uh, not just on Uruguay, but just uh, but on everything. And uh, uh, but so thanks again. And if you want to uh, support the podcast, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Eric, as he mentioned before, very kindly is a Patreon supporter, has been for a long time. You can chat with us in the Slack, get an extra podcast each week. Um, and, uh, by the way, any final thoughts or, or any, anything you want to say, Eric, before we, uh, uh, you know, close things off here? Oh, I just want to say Uruguay no ma. Uruguay is the best. Come on, let's go. What are we doing here? <laughs> what does that mean? Uruguay no ma. Uruguay and no one else. We're the only, we're the only, uh, country that ah, matters in, okay. in global football. We don't care about, <laughs> no, we don't care nothing about the U.S. national team, Brazil, all oh, those guys. Okay, okay. Nah, it's enough nah. slander. We can't, uh, nah. this is, uh, Eric, I need like, it's like one of those treat signatures where this, this, this man's voice does not stand for the, uh, uh, uh words do not signal, um, endorsement or something like that. But no, but Thanks, Eric, for coming on. I mean, they are two-time World Cup winners, after all. Um, all right, so uh, Patreon.com. The, the U.S. has actually looked decent, I have to say. Uh, that was against Granada, but it was nice to see them get. Uh, oh, congrats seven, on so. Granada, bro! <laughs> I know. Listen, we we we. It's been a it's been a tough couple months for us. We'll take what we can get. Uh, so once again, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/AlwaysCheating. I want a quick thank you to our producers, Mike DePietro, Trevor Ingerson. He was my buddy at Madison Square Garden when I went to go see. Uh, 
Uh, Michigan State lose in overtime. Great game, though. Nice. Uh, yeah. Our buddy Chris Howell, his Tennessee team, lost that same night. It was it was a tough tough time for both of us. The uh, Big Gaffer, Babas Kuhn, James Holland, Dave Wagner Lodell, Nick Wright, Lazarus Yanos, uh, Jesse Halstead, Bruce Kerr, Brian Chin, Rich Evans, Blair Jacobson, Todd Byerly, Andy Portlock, Dan Parsons at FPL Merch. Carrie Swanson, Jefferson Turner, Francis Moore, Sam Shower, Caleb Robbie, Lee Hickman, Velger Paulson Kruger, Alex Holcomb, James Keatley, The Saint, Bob Fox, Craig Jackson, James Conroy, Shellen, F. Kadakia, Terrence O'Donnell, Paul Herzig, Heath Cram, Roberto Morales, Thomas Tisloff, and Noah and Louise. You can rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Acast. Follow us on Twitter at Hail Cheaters, Instagram at Hail Cheaters, Facebook at Always Cheating. You can email us, hailcheaters at gmail.com. We'll respond within 24 hours, most likely. Uh, and you can visit our website, alwayscheating.com, to find all this information and more. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to the podcast. Eric, thank you once again for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. Of course, y'all, join the Patreon. We talking over there. Let's go. All right. Thanks again, man. Bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.